I literally, I got to a place where I could feel that I was slipping back into depression and I knew I had to change something really, really bad. And I still remember this very clearly is that I sat down in my bedroom and it was kind of in a sense of desperation. I'm like, I've tried everything else. So I'm going to try to pray. And so I just said, listen, you know how bad I can fuck things up? And I've already done that and I've, it's taken me a lot to get out to this point. And so just please make it super clear to me what I'm supposed to do because you know I'll do it. And I was kind of being almost a little sassy in my, mm. in my prayer. And I said, and I'm not leaving until you tell me. Whatever your situation is currently is not your forever situation. That's really what real business owners is, man. Like, we don't care where you come from, yeah. where are you going? Our goal and our job is to reduce the mistakes that you have to make or the money that you have to lose. You want to be an entrepreneur, you want to be successful, don't give up. You learn, adjust, and continue to move forward. Welcome back to another episode of the Real Business Owners Podcast. You guys, we got a guest. We finally got one. We got one. <laughs> um, you guys, a this solo streak. Yeah, I know. We have been on a solo weeks. streak. Yeah. Um, so this is a real special guest that we got today because this guy is with us all the time, uh, but he's the guy that we always turn to for wisdom. He's the guy that uh, we, you know, wouldn't have the real business owners community without. Like mm -hmm. he's just been a huge part of our team. And um, honestly, man, like the conversations we've had over the years, dude, are just incredible. I can think of many times we've been like, dude, we need to do a podcast on that. Yeah. So here we are finally doing a, a podcast. podcast, Trev, myself, and Corey McNeil. Welcome, brother. We probably won't have anything to talk about now. <laughs> yeah, his yeah. mind just went blank. You know, he's he's like, wait a minute, I'm now, on the spot. Now, now he's going to see that. actually how hard it is when he's like, dude, just act like the camera's not there. Record the content. Yeah. Record the content. <laughs> you have so, said yeah. that. Yeah, I have. I There's know. been many times. Like, for those who don't know, me. I'm usually on the backside of stuff. Yeah, so, he's the behind you know, the scenes behind wizard. Behind the scenes. Yeah. yeah. You know, Making you guys sometimes see the camera crew. I'm the guy you don't see, and that's by design. But Yeah. Not today. Not today, I guess. You're an ass man. Yeah. Yep. You like to, you're like, <laughs> yeah, he's in all the glory, the scenes, dude. In all the glory. Yep. <laughs> so why don't you, uh, um, I guess maybe share the story of, uh, how you, you know, came to me and Kel and how this whole relationship began. Right. Like, I think that's probably a good, a good starting, a good point, starting point. Right. Like you, you, you've had many businesses, um, in the past and tried many different things and you had a business when, we initially met you mm -hmm. and you were the individual that sold us into working with the business that you owned at that time. Um, it definitely wasn't the other individual partner, partner whatever <laughs> yeah. you want to call it. It was definitely you that we, that we bought into and the reason why we cut the check. So, um, that's that individual tried calling today. Um, <laughs> no. remember we literally sat down with them, them though. And like, Corey's like, listen, guys, I'm not a salesman. I'm just yeah. here to do this and blah, blah, blah. And by the time we walked down, we're like, that was the salesman. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if somebody ever says I'm not a salesman, that's how you can identify quickly that they're probably a great salesman. You know, well, they try to remember, disarm you right off uh, the bat. You, know? you you were a tough sell. I will give you that. You were kind of barking a bit. <laughs> what, I, don't, I don't remember barking at all. Oh, yeah. You're like, yeah, basically, um, you know how many people, how many agencies we've tried and Oh, that was promises that, that was the truth, though. I know. <laughs> but yeah. I'm like, I can't control anything that went before me. And I'm yeah. probably one of the very few people who will grace your door. I remember exactly what I said. I, you one of the very few people who grace your door that will make a financial impact to the degree that I will. 
and that's like, everybody that's, was like, "Ooh, the big dog!" Yeah, and I didn't know yeah, that I was yeah. challenging the big dog at the time. I didn't know, you know, how that whole thing would play out. I didn't understand all the relationships. Under a little pressure to see how you, you know? responded, and yeah. you responded. And we did. cut the check. Yeah, and here we are, almost five years. In fact, in just a few weeks, it'll be five years. Time flies. In fact, man. technically, that's as an employee. So I've been with you guys for about five and a half years. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, answer your, your question. So I've been involved in internet marketing. Started actually in like 1996. You've had a previous previous guest on here, Shane Brinkerhoff. He and I were partners together on like the original iteration. And then my wife and I, we conceived our first child. I had to step back, started swinging a hammer to be able to provide for the family. And never you really left. doing that? Do you ever look back on that and say, man, I should When he have sold done it, that. I think, and I don't know, Shane, correct me if I'm wrong, whatever he sold it for, $15 million. Every once in a while, he'll kind of like get a little dig in there. He'll be like, so how's that hammer treating you? Yeah. And I won't I won't say it publicly, but I always have a little witty come back to, you know, how's this treating you? But uh, <laughs> there, no, there's no regrets. Honestly, I'm back actually finally at a, pe- a place in my life where I'm very, mm. I'm at peace. I couldn't say that for most of my life. Um, you guys have been a huge, like, tremendous in, uh, instrumental part of that. Um, so as the story goes is that I was partnered with an individual who I had, okay, so I worked actually with Shane, Shane, uh, and shout out to Scott Young and online web marketing, all those guys over there. So I worked for those guys for nine years, was recruited away in a really weird form. Didn't work, but long run, it ended up working out. But, um, I ended up kind of building up my own client base and uh, was approached by this other guy from Parowan. And uh, for those that don't know, it's a little town in southern Utah. But um, I was approached about doing a kind of a, a deal with you guys. He's like, hey, if I could get you you in the, I know I could close them. <laughs> we pull up to the parking lot and like this would have been an important piece of information. He's like, oh, yeah, I've already done work with these guys before. Like, I don't remember what I billed them, like $5,000 and really ne- never did anything. And I'm like what do you mean didn't do anything? That's kind of an important piece of information to bring me as I'm walking up to a meeting. Right. Yeah. He's like, no, I like there were leads, but they just weren't very good leads. I don't think any of them converted. It's all right. They're really cool guys. And I'm like, I do. Right. I did not want to get out of the car. And so I'm like, "Uh, let's, let's do this. How, how bad can it be? Right. That was the meeting we were talking about, you know, barking down the big dog. Um, and then, uh, so that was actually give you guys a proposal for SEO work, search engine optimization, Worked in the capacity for that. Um, was honestly coming through a really dark, difficult episode that lasted a mere seven years or whatever it was. And, uh, you know. That's a long season. No. That's a yeah. long, that's a big-ass storm. It, was just, it went on for a while without going into details there either. But um, really, I, I, I became very humble. And there's a few things, and I know you wanted to touch on this, is that um, – when I was younger, I never, in, in elementary school, I was never, like, I struggled. I was always, like, literally a D student, right? Mm-hmm. And so the first time I ever had any type of accolades as far as intelligence was, still remember her name's Leilani Bentley. She's since passed away, but she was our English teacher. And uh, we did some type of a speech and debate. I remember I actually took the pro on why legalization of marijuana, and I was a good little Mormon kid at the time. And... Um, for the arguments of it. And I won over like the student, you know, forum that we were doing. And she came up to me. She's like, Corey, I'd like to, we'd like to have you on the academic decathlon. 
And I'm like, no, you don't. And she's like, no, really, Corey, we really do. And I'm like, Leilani, you know my grades. You've given them to me. <laughs> so, like, you know that this would, uh, if you have a dummy squad that I don't know about, and this is back in the 80s, she literally slapped me. And uh, she's like, you know what your fucking problem is? And she, she was Mormon, too. So for her just to drop the F-bomb, she's like, you know what your fucking problem is? You're, you're lazy. You're not stupid. You're fucking lazy. <laughs> And I went on and actually joined the academic decathlon and I did pretty well. And that was the first kind of taste that I had that I liked being considered smart. So fast forward to go and work with Shane and Scott over at online web marketing. Scott did a really good job. He was my pitch man. I would walk into a room and he's always like, you guys, this is the smartest guy you guys are going to meet ever. If not for sure this year, but I promise this is going to the smartest guys you'll ever meet. And, um, he he boosted my ego and so whenever i would come in and talk to you guys i'd walk into this beautiful office and for those that are listening i'm 51 years old got a lot of gray in my beard and stripes on the side of my head and these guys were considerably younger there and it was five years ago so you were actually 35 and um i just knew there's something different i was doing a lot of work for smith and west and the firearm company for their accessory line Sportsman's Warehouse and bigger, high-profile clients, on and on. And uh, every time I came in here, there was just something different about you guys. And keep in mind, these bigger companies were trying to recruit me to come in-house. And I was finally got to, this is a long-winded explanation of, of what your question was. I like it. I'm listening. <clears throat> was that, like, I literally, I got to a place where I could feel that I was slipping back into depression. And I knew I had to change something really, really bad. And at the time, I was actually lost listening to Tom Bilyeu's impact theory. I don't remember who the guest was, but he was talking about, like, really, you have to shake up your life. And I still remember this very clearly, is that I sat down in my bedroom, and it was kind of in a sense of desperation. I'm like, I've tried everything else. So I'm going to try to pray. And so I just said, listen, you know how bad I can fuck things up? And I've already done that, and it's taken me a lot to get out to this point. And so just please make it super clear to me what I'm supposed to do because you know I'll do it. And I was kind of being almost a little sassy in my, mm. in my prayer. And I said, and I'm not leaving until you tell me. <laughs> and I sat down, and I was shocked at how fast, <laughs> and I've told you this, your face, and I'm talking, Kale's face came to my mind right then in that moment. And that image hadn't even flashed for like a millisecond. I'm like, I'll do anything except for that. I'm not going to shut my business down because you know how hard I've worked to get all these clients and to build all this stuff up. And that little voice was just like, you said you'd do anything. So it was more of like an I'll show you type thing. I got up, didn't call my wife, nothing. And I reached out to you. Mm -hmm. And this, I remember it was around noon because you were at lunch with your partners. And I just said, hey, uh, this might be kind of coming out of left field, but I want to know if you would entertain the thought if I was to come in house and work for you. Yeah, because we were already paying X amount of dollars for the SEO work. And it was basically agency like, rate. Why don't I just come in house for the same amount of pay for right now, you know? And, uh, but dude, I've told you this before too when we've had this conversation. Like, that wasn't like a sign my face to like be this amazing influence in your life it was probably a reciprocal thing right because like me going through my trials too dude like i've reached out to you for a lot of wisdom and you've been there for me like getting freaking left high and dry on my house you showed up and like literally helped me finish building it you know what i mean so it's like dude like 
sometimes I feel like you tell the story where you're just like, dude, like Kale's face appeared because it was like I needed him or something. It's like, I, you know, I think God has a way of like aligning you with the people that need each other, right? Oh, like it's sure. a reciprocal thing. You, I think you, you know? have to, first of all, humble enough to ask. Secondly, there has to be an element of faith where you expect it. Right. And I knew it would come. It just, that's not what I expected. Yeah. And then in full circle, and if, I, if the, to finish that story, if memory serves me right and correct me if I'm wrong, I remember you were, it was kind of an awkward, he's like, uh, yeah, let me call you back. <laughs> and I was like, shit, I just lost my favorite client. That was really weird. And then I'm all second guessing myself. And it was hours and hours later, it was later in the evening. And when you call back and he's like, I had to look around to see if you were eavesdropping on us because we were out to lunch, you and JD, Jeremy and Trevor talking about that it makes sense to bring a marketing company in house. And here you use the exact words coming in house. Yeah. And so, um, like I said, that's the way my memory is that close. Like you even rem remember that? Well, Trev knows I'm like, uh, I'm an easy sell, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm the yes man. He's the no man. Yeah. And so I was probably at lunch with him. Like, let me call you back, dude. And then like, Hey guys, <laughs> you know, like, we, we yeah. could get Corey yeah. in house right yeah. now. And I'm like, huh? <laughs> like that was just, that was out of left field, yeah. you know? Um, but that goes to show that a lot of the best things that could happen to you come at unexpected times and do come out of left field, right? Like you were at a, you were at a low point and it took you a low point to do what? To finally change, sit yeah. down, say a prayer, and actually be willing to listen to the hunch or the 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 message to reach out to Kel. Like if you were at a, at, at a halfway decent place, you would have never got to that point. And if you kind of if you if you got a message to say, hey, you could be in a better position, but you got to do X, you probably wouldn't have done X if you if it was enough to where it wasn't as mm -hmm. painful you see what i'm saying and so i think and i just didn't want to go back to that pain how bad it had been yeah before I knew, yeah like it just gets to a certain point just i'll do anything just anything you know we met with an individual at lunch that he talked about some of you know uh his low points where he said i'll do anything right um and there we talked about the power of prayer at lunch in 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 terms of him being at a low spot too you know, so if anything, I'm, you know, this, this podcast could be about like one, getting alone with yourself, getting good with, with God. If you're at a low spot, you know, ask for help and actually listen to, you know, whatever the promptings are that you do receive, because how many times do we justify ourselves out of not doing something because it's like, ah, eh, anything but that, yeah. you know, I mm -hmm. remember, I remember driving down the road when it was time to quit smoking weed and it was like, uh, a message. Hey, that's holding you back now. And I'm like, eh. nah, it's not, you know, like you're trying to justify reasons not to listen to it. And I think that everybody listening to this podcast has had those times where there's a message that they receive and then they justify themselves out of actually listening to that message. Um, Dude, the biggest one was right then, and I had to be honest with myself, is the fact that, like, here's these guys that are considerably younger than me. And I'd grown accustomed to feeling smart and almost having that feed my ego. And could I more or less re-engineer who I am to now become the student and not be inclined to, like, oh, I can, uh, I know the answer to that. 
So like to flip it and that was, I had, dude, that was the first thing is like, dude, you, you, like if you know everything, then you're not going to learn from them. Like I honestly figured it'd be six months. That's what the whole, like, and I'm sure I've said this, but full disclosure, I'm like, I'll figure it out in six months. I can be working in an accounting company. I'm sure I'm going to learn some cool tax tips and how to run my business. And I'll, I'll understand where were the things that I did wrong and I'll be on off and on my way. But I didn't expect to actually like take up your guys's mission to drink the Kool-Aid, to be involved in it. But I still remember my converting moment was that, do you remember what you say? Charlie, that guy. Oh yeah. Yeah. Charlie. Yeah, Charlie. Yeah. yeah. So for those that don't know, he's actually an old sales guy that was here. There was some commitment. He basically like, I don't know if he slammed some old person on the phone into something he shouldn't have or whatever it was. I'd only been here for a couple weeks and I was in the office across from this office right here. And I heard you guys in there saying, you know, you guys don't understand. It's our name, our commitment that we're giving to people. And when you guys go out and you don't do something, you're not the one who has to face people publicly. Mm. If you say you're going to do it, then do it. And it was right then that I knew I'm like, okay, I, I found my tribe. Yeah. Like it aligns with all of my core principles and my values. And I was kind of had this preconceived idea that if you're going to be ultra wealthy, and I think a lot of people listening will probably relate to this. You couldn't be a good person that somewhere along the line, you'd have to sacrifice integrity or you'd have to be ultra. And you guys have been one of the very first few examples that I've seen of that, of the generosity that I've seen like time and time again. And so I just was like, okay, well, what I thought I was going to learn, it's going to probably take me some time. Jeez, well, I'm glad we had you on the show today, dude. Way to yeah, sell us. I was going yeah, to say, is this about me and Kel or is this about Corey? You know? And everybody. In fact, I'm going to say that the case. Don't stop Kaysen, now, though. Case yeah. and one of the, like the, he, he oversees the sales. Like the, my very, I've told you this, the very first day I started, yeah. there's some lady that pulls up in this beat up old like Ford Windstar missing windows and broken turn signals and all that. You can tell these people are just, they are struggling hard. And this lady gets out and she, she's like, mom, there's no handicap ramp here because her mom's in a wheelchair. She's getting her out. And Kaysen, for those that don't know, this guy looks like he served 18 years, you know, tatted up completely beard, just this burly big dude. And he's like, it's okay, ma'am. We'll help you. He's like, come on guys, let's pick her up. And just immediately goes over and starts lifting her up in her wheelchair to, to get him up on the curb. And so again, there's just been these dude, it's just, it's a whole group of people, yeah. here, man. It is really cool yeah. to, um, just constantly watch the evolution in the company of the people, yeah, right? Like true. I walked around the other day and was talking with a few, a few people and, and Brittany was just like, I just love this. Like she's been here. What? How many months? I don't know. Six. Yeah, it hasn't faded at all. She's just like loves that. She's like, everybody has a growth mindset. And like, I haven't been in the best mindset lately. So I was like, so glad to hear it. But like the people that we attract for whatever reason are just, dude, just good people. You're one of them. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, me and JD were just talking about that yesterday. We're like, dude, just walking around the company. And and I think this is a good lesson for anybody that's listening is if, if you've got to a certain spot in business, and the problems that you face are the same ones year after year after year after year. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's not the industry or the business. Maybe it's the people that you're surrounding yourself with and the people that are in your business. Because if you look around our business, we've literally changed 80% of the, uh, the staff within a matter of about one year. 
right? Like what they, that old saying, what got you there isn't going to get you here or whatever it is, right? Like, unfortunately, you know, there's certain people that just don't have a growth mindset, like Brittany was talking about, right? That they yeah. just don't. And, and when you when you really, really put your foot down and honor core values and you live by a set of principles or standards, like calling people out, hey, we don't do that here. If you say you're going to do it, then do it, you know, and you actually live by that, you're going to push about half of your employees out when you want to elevate your standards. And then the other 25%, they're going to kind of stick around to see if you're full of shit or not. And then they're just going to, you're going to have to, exit them from your business. Mm -hmm. And then it's literally piece by piece by piece. But, you know, I would say Corey's probably, you know, there was, I mean, out of the last five years or so, cause you've been, you've been with us for five years, you were probably, and what's weird is to hear that you were at a dark place at that time, because I think when he came in, he was kind of a light to us and the business, mm -hmm. um, just as a whole, um, at that time. And then it's just like, year after year, piece by piece after that, we've just been adding very similar caliber type people um, that bring their own uniqueness and their own value and their own light that want to honor a set of principles and values that want to go to the next level, but not do it in, in a cut corners type mm -hmm. of way. Right. Um, and you've already alluded to that just a few times, just in terms of some of the people that, that are now in the, in the, in the company and, so one of the things about age that I like, there's not a lot. In fact, there's very few. I don't know, dude. The, um, a gray beard is, there's something about it. But I will say this. What I like, I appreciate yeah. age is that now I can recognize moments when they're magic and they're happening. When I was younger, you sometimes take them for granted. And whether it's like, you know, you go out and you you meet your best friend and you're just like, you, that first few times you're like, man, I didn't know that this is going to be my ride or die for the next five or 10 years. I can't even remember that minute. I'm very aware now through my life of when those things happen, our whole crew, the media department and everybody else around, they've heard me say it a hundred times. I'm like, I, f I feel bad for the younger guys because you guys are riding a unicorn and you don't even know it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like this, this magic, uh, eventually this company will sell. It'll probably sell in the multiples, right? To get us from here to there, it's going to be the transformation into a different type of company and that's okay. Um, I'm just glad that I got to be a part of it when it was still little and that there was still kind of that bootstrap feel. And that was just actually, no, you guys never really did have the bootstrap feel because you guys are always, it's that's what's one of the attractions is the, I've never really had budgets, which is a kind of a weird concept for me. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? I just yeah, have to like sell it well. That was all. I don't know. Try <laughs> it. Know? Spend it. Throw money. And yeah, I'm yeah. the one, the one over there, just the opposite. I'm like, guys, Hey, look, yeah. we could pick this up used. Or we could do this. And Ken's yeah. like, what? scarcity bullshit man stop it like you know yeah, yeah. you weren't around yeah. on the bootstrap times you know where mm -hmm. we were just stacking cash for the purpose of being able to say try it yeah you know do it run a thousand dollars a day on that split test yeah <laughs> it's that's still to this day it's a weird concept for uh, me but you know i don't know um, it has been cool to see what we've what we've built and what we've grown we're just the type of people's shit works out for them dude i know you know we just I think that that's part of it. Honestly. Yeah, dude. we just throw shit against the You throw enough shit against the wall, something's going to stick. And Our shit sticks, yeah. dude. Yeah, our but shit I will say this, sticky. is that I'm one of the last people to ever, like, to adopt, like, this position of mindset. Like, and I know that that's, like, your, almost like your superpower. But what I've learned from, there's actually a lot of truth to it. 
is that like, I think that mindset, um, I didn't understand, like I, I had a, a talk with, with one of our people about self-sabotage and I never really, I always kind of called bullshit on, I'm like, no, no, dude, if you've got a good thing, you keep it like that's what we all want. And when, as I was trying to explain it to him, I said, Hey, listen, have you ever gone out to a really nice dinner? And this is speaking for personal experience when you go to a really nice steakhouse and you go in and you just feel, I'm like, how did it, how do you feel when you go? He's like, awkward. I'm like, but did you like it? Yeah. But like, he's like, I just felt out of place. Like I just didn't belong there. I'm like, now imagine if your friend came in and they were like, Hey, let's go to that steakhouse again. Ah, I don't really, yeah, just kind of weird. You know, like I'm not feeling well. I ate earlier. Hey, I've got to go hang out with my buddies. You'll start making excuses mm. of why you're not going to show up. Yeah. But if you go to enough really nice steakhouses, you start to develop a taste for it and you start to be comfortable in that environment, which by the way, go with kale. Cause yeah. he's definitely very bougie. He knows like, yeah. he'll be like, you know, that no Corey, don't eat the that crab calamari. Cakes here this are crab bomb. cake for yeah, real. He can eat, get me calamari to here's garbage. eat stuff that I would never yeah. normally eat. And he was right. It's good. But, <laughs> but my whole point is, is that like you find yourself making excuses yeah. or creating environments in order if you're not comfortable in them. Yeah. So it's the best explanation that I can get as far as like self-sabotage. And that was one of my eye openers here was because of the fact that I felt like I was working with just my homies. Mm -hmm. I never felt this weird. Um, it was weird. We'd go out, we'd go, we'd go meet with people, you know, earning 10 million, 15, 20 million a year and big, huge, like different lifestyles that I'm accustomed to. But I always felt comfortable in the environment. I think because of the fact that you guys are relatable and you've always stayed that. And so in fact, that's actually my time of onboarding the, the mastermind members. That was the number one thing from the feedback from the podcast listeners is that they're like, dude, we feel like we know them. Like they're just, they're very real people, Yeah, you know, and I can relate to them. And I think that that's been the reason of why I, I assimilated so fast into this environment is because I think the whole company has been kept that way. You know, something I've appreciated. That's awesome, dude. Thanks for uh, making it about us. Now let's make it about you. Okay. Yeah. Well, hey, I mean, I, I think we can go for another five, you know, about us. No, dude. I Trevor's always like, keep going, keep going. But dude, seriously though, like you um, have this, you have this superpower. Okay. Like it's cool. You're like talking about our superpowers, but like you have this superpower where you've come in and it's like, you know, and, and it's not all been easy, dude. You know, cause like Corey's like one minute he's writing our code for our CRM and he's not a programmer too. He's had 13 different jobs. You know? <laughs> yeah, he's had 13 yeah. different jobs yeah, and he's always done awesome to like get them to where they need to, where they need to be. Um, but like inside the environment, like people trust you, you know, like people will tell you things that they won't tell other people. Right. And then it's been a sweet, awesome tool in order to obviously like change culture or, you know, if it is at a lull or, you know, it, you know, and then even with the mastermind members, or if we go to a steakhouse with all these business people, you're over just talking to like whoever, like could be the biggest potential client there that we want to talk to. And they're opening up to you. Like you have this special gift to where people trust you and want to open up to you and like give you all the information that, that they need. But why do you think that is? Like, why do you think people open up to you so easily? Why do you think that they gravitate to you? And why do you think that they will just, you know, ask you for your wisdom is it the beard it's definitely the beard <laughs> i don't think it hurts <clears throat> i, I don't think, think it hurts uh, um 
first of all, thank you for that. Um, I think that you've referred to it as activated listening. Um, I think that that's a talent. It's a gift. And I've learned that when you show interest, and that goes back to the whole concept of trying to be the smartest guy in the room. In fact, I, it was Alex Hermosi. It just was, uh, which by the way, if you're listening, Alex, I am a huge fan. I was um, going to say, dude. Oh I don't fanboy very often. I don't too. fanboy very often, but I yeah. do have so much respect for the dude. Um, but what he was, he was talking exactly that is that like, you know, how many times that he's missed on, on opportunities because he's trying to show them about him yeah. when it's actually something that you're actually very talented as well as too is investing in other people and like really listening. Mm -hmm. And then I remember there was a point on the road where you and I were driving down to California together and I heard you picking up a slight like Southern accent. Do you remember this? Mm -hmm. And, uh, as I listen to him and then, because I, I, I mean, keep in mind, we're on the road for six hours and he's yeah. texting, driving and talking all at the same time, you know, yeah. between three different lanes. And thank, um, thank goodness you wanted to drive. <laughs> and so I've uh, been in some near death experiences. with him. Oh, yeah. Which by the rec on the record, I think I might be the only person who drives faster than Kale. Um, I've slowed down. Yeah, not me. Anyway, um, but I noticed that you're you're the canter, how fast you spoke and actually even the inflection or the accent that you picked up is that it's a subconscious thing that, or sometimes it can be deliberate, but we like people in our own tribe. Mm -hmm. And so I've learned that as a technique. It wasn't, well, actually I didn't learn it. I became aware that I did it. And I still remember my response to you. I turned and I'm like, Oh my gosh, you're a chameleon and your head snapped. And you're like, what? I'm like, you do this and this and this. And I know you didn't know how to respond to that. I'm like, no, it's okay. I'm a chameleon too. Like, I think it's a gift that you can mm. learn to emulate the environment that you're in. And I think that that was the moment that I think you and I first connected. Mm -hmm. And then, um, I, so I think that that's the first part was to be able to engage and actually really be interested in, dude, I love learning, love it. But in just asking questions and people do like to talk about themselves. Mm -hmm. um, but then also, is never to go into anything we're really with like ill will or malice. Like I genuinely 100% want that other person to receive benefit because that time we spent together. Right. And I think that people can really sense that. So when you are put in awkward situations, like a coworker comes in and confides in you. In fact, we actually had a real world. You guys remember this, that that person was talking about even bringing a lawsuit because of some, breastfeeding situation being behind not a, a locked door and so trying to get all the female employees. Oh, I was going to say yeah. when you said he has this thing where people just want to talk to him, I was going to say, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, but it was uh, weird. So yeah, this, bring this guy was threatening, yeah, trying to bring yeah. up, get all the female coworkers together to bring a lawsuit. And I was torn between this moral dilemma. Like, what do I do? Do I honor the commitment that somebody given me in confidence of what they've shared. And I remember I sat for probably a full day and I was like, what do I do in this situation? Because collectively this can put everybody at risk. It can put the company at risk. It could put me and my family at risk. So how do I proceed with this? And I finally decided the best thing in that case was to go to the individual directly and say, Hey, listen, I know you told me this in confidence. You need to go talk to them. Or I like, will. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, you need to talk to him, explain to them what's going on. But you've now put me in a compromised position as your friend. 
that now impacts too many people. So sometimes you are forced into looking at it with taking the lesser of the two evils. Yeah. And also just being old. I've made the wrong call before plenty of times where I have gone around and said something and then it comes back and bites you. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, so. Sure. But that just shows you right there that uh, if you're listening and you're having business issues, you're not the only one. We've had many. Oh, yeah. You know, that's just, yeah. that. that's part of the process. But, you know, you, 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 I don't know if I should say it, I mean, sounded the alarm on some things that were, I guess, negative um, that were going, going on in the environments, right? Like whether, whether you know it or not as a business owner, there's probably, and if you have enough employees, especially 30, 40, like there's gonna be like a bad egg in there. And or, I was that bad uh, egg for uh, a long time, my old company. You know, maybe you were, you know, at your, in your younger years and you said, Hey, I recognize a unicorn now that I'm older. Um, and there's younger people that maybe were the old version of you inside of this organization saying negative things or, you know, just trying to be a shit stir. Right. Mm -hmm. Maybe that I like, dude, I literally was the cancer at my yeah, own company. Like, like uh, the cancer. I became in resentful and embittered uh, and like, Hey, when you realize you're the cancer, you know, <laughs> dude, it was a really hard thing. And what, what was the worst part about it is that like, when you wake up to this idea that you are actually the villain in your own story. And so that moment came, I was, at that time, I was still having a really, really tough time with alcohol, had been drinking really heavy for a long period of time, and I had all the reasons in the world to be where I was. 100%, that's the worst time, is when you're actually justified in being in that position. And when I had to take an honest look at it, I had this idea of an eight-year-old version of me walking into the room. And this concept of this little boy looking at the future man who he would become knowing of all of the, the difficulties and the trials and how I responded to those and how I let those situations mold me into somebody that was negative. Like I was literally ashamed of the fact that I became that. And I, in that moment, that's when I was like, you know, what? I owe it to that little dude. If I'm not going to do it for me now that I'm going to do it for eight year old version of me like your eight-year-old was disappointed with that's it became. if i walked in he i was, was like so man worried. you were supposed to be cool what's up bitch what you doing like yeah i for real fucking what yeah. this is my future this is it. That's i'm a it. raging alcoholic on the edge of a bed wondering what the fuck happened with my life that's thank it. you you know that's it so God, where i, did I go wrong? literally made yeah. a commitment in my head right yeah. then i'm like i am getting my shit together that is a really meaningful concept because I think everyone's been at some unproud moments in their life, right? Or phases, right? Because you don't have to live there forever, right? But uh, if you can, if you could have that moment in your lulls and your down times in life, and you can be like, yeah. man, like, would eight year old me be proud of me right mm -hmm. now? That really should be able to get most people off their freaking ass to make some adjustments. What's scary is what if that thought hadn't come into my head? Yeah. What if it would have just gone on forever and just continued like that? I would have been, yeah, I don't know if I'd be alive. Like right. Real. You know? Um, well, you said it's funny when we realize that we're the, vi I think that that's the case a hundred percent of the time that mm -hmm. we're the villain in our own story based upon the perspective that we have. We justify it. Looking at a certain situation and it's easier to justify this perspective than it is, you know, taking ownership over this perspective right? Like, I don't care what it is in anything in your finances. You're the villain of your story. You created the financial situation in your relationship. You're the villain of your story 
in in your health. You're the villain of your like. It doesn't matter what it is. You have been the common denominator for your entire life. Hundred percent of the time. You know, a hundred percent of the time, you are the common denominator. But I think right? that when you can develop like, the ability for self accountability, yeah, as a superpower. And Trev, I got to give you credit. That it, honestly, I think is one of your superpowers. That I can come to you and say, hey, um, you know, maybe you're presenting like this or whatever. Dude, you take it like a champ. And I've even mentioned to, to you about this is that like, dude, I do admire and respect how hard you can take it on the chin and be like, you know, okay, cool. Well, I appreciate you. Let me know and I'll, I'll work on that. Dude, most people don't do that. We tend to like throw up walls. So that I think is one of the, in response to the question that you asked, like, why do people do, like, I think self-observation, if I was, if I have any superpower, it's probably that, hmm. that I can just be observant on myself in a situation. doesn't mean I don't get lost or like lose my way and stuff either. Yeah. But it's later on usually that like I might be going to bed and be like, dude, today you're really short and because of this, this and this, mm-hmm. you know, but um, I definitely think that that in order f- for you guys to be in the place, you guys both have it that the ability to take self-assessment. Now, the difference between taking self-assessment, though, and taking action, like, I don't care if you recognize all your downfalls, but if you're not willing to do something in it, and that's why literally I knew that if I shook it up so hard that if I shut down my business, I walked away from it, and I had to recommit to driving an hour each day down, my entire life would be different. Yeah. You know? But it's just crazy how many times, time after time, that it, that that decision and dude you don't hear me talk like religious or spiritual very often but like dude i just believe in what we're doing so much that i believe that there's some form of um like guidance or you know that i dude i that's why i drank the kool-aid is that i just like at this company and including real business owners god splashed the punch yeah or spiked the punch yeah but real business owners or even easier counting like the reason that I've been such a huge advocate is because of the fact that I realize that we can, that we can impact at scale so many people in a positive way. Yeah. And those are people that are sitting on the bed and having that argument or have to confront their eight year old version of themselves and their business is failing, you know, and this has been a blessing I could, and I've talked to you about this, Kale, that like I could literally write a book from being in the passenger seat for thousands of miles next to you guys of learning. I could have written a book about what not to do and how to fuck up a business because I did that plenty. But like there are certain that there's certain elements that are critical in my observation. Now it goes beyond you guys. It goes to our mastermind members and you know, the, the, the sheer magnitude of people who I've been exposed to because of your guys's network, that there's some, some principal elements that, so what are some of the principal elements then? That one, the first one, take accountability. Okay. Take action fast. That's okay. one of the things where I've always gone wrong is analysis paralysis and f- basically building your parachute on the way down like that. Mm-hmm. And that scares me to death. Mm-hmm. Um, is <laughs> Experts in that field. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> we move and they're like, we don't know how, but right. let's yeah. just, uh. <laughs> you know, the other thing, and this has been a, a, a recent kind of almost like a meditation is removing yourself from a position, even though you think, you might be able to do it better. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a hard thing. And that's that's an area that I'm still working on even with the media team is that sometimes I tend to come in and like take things back because I'm like, it's okay, I'll just do it. 
Yeah. Um, you do do that, but a lot. I like do that. you, you're like, you are the kind of guy that's like the right guy for every position, but you're only one guy. You can't do every position. <laughs> yeah. But this is my most Facts. recent, my most recent aha moment. And this is from Devin Brady, our CEO is that like none of us were the right guy for that position no but here's what i did <laughs> learn from this he's like yeah i've noticed that if we didn't do that and mike strong yeah. so yeah. here's what's really cool is to watch and now being, being the student rather than the teacher feeling like i've got to express my ego to showing them is being quiet that i've learned that there are fundamental things that in order to be successful in business and probably in life even is that like for example, if you took, I think I even talked to you about this, Trev. Mm. If you took somebody that was like a good, like they're a carpenter. Mm -hmm. Construction businesses have a 98% failure rate. Why? Right. Because they're fucking carpenters. Right. Right. I was a carpenter. I was really good at reading a tape measure. I was super shitty at estimating. But more importantly <laughs> is that I did not just estimate well. I didn't do costing on the backside of it. Yeah. So this is what I've learned from you guys yeah. is to come back in and evaluate that campaign. How, how profitable was it? Like if the, the skill sets that you should be able to take a business owner out of any business and transplant them into something completely unrelated. And it's the skill, those, those essential skills. If you're going from a carpenter to a baker to a restaurant owner, to a seamstress, whatever that business is, those fundamental uh, skill sets that can be influenced only inside of that management position are the ones people should be focusing on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or else just be the seamstress or be the carpenter or be the baker. But you should be learning how to manage people. And this is, again, taking self-accountability. I tend not to still do this as well as I need to. And being able to, like, make sure you got the right people in the right position, knowing how to, and if, like, if you're not going to be doing your own accounting, then find somebody who is. I was horrible at sending out my invoices. The way that I gauged if my business was doing well was the amount of money I had in my bank account. But I was really super bad at procrastinating. I'd have, there. I did work for an uh, orthopedic surgeon and I remember I had an invoice for $14,000. I was supposed to, like 1200 bucks a month. Yeah. I would put off my invoice all year, which by the way, I still mm. haven't done that. Um, yeah. I still, I, like even like out of pocket stuff, I just tend to let it go. That's why I'm looking at Trevor. I'm like, yeah, I forgot to do I've that. I've been telling you to send me and that if, reimbursement for probably. For low. Six Stuff months. that I paid out. <laughs> That's yeah, like, probably no, dude, it was March. It was March of last yeah. year. Yeah. So see, okay. this will tell you right now, even though I might have the skill sets, I'm not taking action in them. Yeah. So going back to that, this is one of the biggest things that I've learned is to if, if you identify as a weak point, then you need to delegate it. Right. Like if you're not the person to be sending out the invoices. So if something happened, if we got bought, if I was fired, whatever happened, if I was forced to going back into full-time self-employment, um, that would be one of the, my weaknesses and I know it. And I would hire an accountant. I would yeah. like, and hire somebody who would be proactive and that they would reach out to me and text message me or call me and say, Hey, I got a question on this in your, I'm in your bank statement right now. What is this? Easier accounting. I'd call That's who I'd refer you to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> here's a question for you, dude. Like, when are you going to write that fucking book? Because here's the thing, man. Every organization, especially a business from when you came into it, like, it needs people like that. Like, they need the entrepreneur type that could be their own business, right? They could, you know, like, 
go and create a, you know, business like you were doing web development and you could hire people to work for you and you could do just fine. Even though you have these weaknesses around invoicing and all that stuff, like be plenty of businesses that have a lot of money and do quite well, still have that same weakness. Right. But you have all these skill sets and these, you know, things that you've observed over the years of like, okay, what makes this thing work? And what do you bring to the table? Right. And like, what do you learn? And like the type of person that you are, like people trust you, people open up to you, you help add to the culture, you help mentor people, you bring this wisdom. So like you should write a book like that because every business owner, every entrepreneur needs entrepreneurs or needs people on the team that, yeah, that could would be, an interesting be book. Yeah. like this their own business, but yet they're here on this mission with us because, you know, one, they know it'll probably be a big benefit them at the end of the road, or they're going to get something out of it, whether it is experience or whether it is part of a buyout or whatever it is. Right. But like every organization needs those type of people bought in on the mission in order to really build something great. Like, dude, I feel unstoppable knowing that I've got people on our team that are like showing up every day. Like I love the culture, man. I love, but you're a huge part of that. Right. And so, you know, like you really should I'll write that, that type commitment. of book. Cause you actually said that to me like two years ago, you were like, dude, I should write a book on like entrepreneurship. Yeah, and like, you do have all these things that you recognize about what has made our business work thus far. But then you also have all these things that you do that, that like, I think as a business owner would be like, dude, like I need like, I need that right hand guy that's bought in on our mission. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That has like these certain skill sets. Like, how can I go find my wizard? You know what I'm saying? From entrepreneur to entrepreneur. Dude, I'll make that commitment. I'll do that. In fact, I would read that book. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I'd be like, bro. Joining a bigger mission is beneficial than the solo mission. Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah, that's cool. Dude, I'll commit to doing it. In fact, I'll commit to doing it this year. Right. Okay. You should. Yeah, I will. That's a good 2023 goal. Well, um, Kel brought up a good point the other day. You know, when you say yes to one thing, you have to say no to something else. You have to say no to something else. Yeah. So if you're saying yes to that, <laughs> what does it mean? I'm going to start say no to, uh, I won't give up on start, time with my family or start, my cats. Like, yeah. So that can't come out of that. Um, I could actually technically do it with chat GPT and driving. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. But it wouldn't so be, done. I don't think it would I'm be I'm really good. great at that kind of stuff. I'm telling uh, you that's a super, it wouldn't be as good as power. if it was in your own words though. It's still in my your own, own words. words own experience yeah. chat gpt is not your own word oh you still tell what to say i was I like do. literally in the shower yesterday and i opened the shower door because my wife was in there getting ready and i was like do you think we should write a real business owner's book like we've talked about it for a couple years like you know me and trev co-author a book you know oh i think because i think there's sure. so many lessons that now like I don't know. I think we could do it. Well, do i think it, we're ready I mean, to do it. Too. I definitely think you should do it. I think that there'd be some <laughs> If we could lay an outline out and then be like, you a know, chapter both of our perspectives this. on each chapter, it could yeah. be a pretty freaking cool yeah. book. Dude. In fact, that's good. actually going back to ChatGPT, that's actually one of the great things it is. It's like create a business outline or a book for a business create an outline for a book about X Y and Z. Yeah. It's really great. We just go back and look at our podcast for the last three years and be like, dude, this one was really meaningful. This one was really meaningful. This one's very relevant. This one is must talk about. Like we could literally create a cool 15. Dude, there's so much power that sits inside of this concept about podcasting that people are sleeping on it. So like we didn't like my background, we kind of alluded, you know, I've been marketing for what, well, since 19, actually came in full-time in 2004. That's when I made the leap. And search engine optimization, I made a conscious decision to start removing myself that because of technology and personalized search, and it was going to get 
near impossible to be able to completely game it, right? But there's some fundamentals that we stumbled on and those being one of them is actually is, is social media. Like, I don't care what happens with chat. Sure, you can get AI to write your posts for you. And you'd actually, you could, you could still actually connect an AI to respond to them. But is it going to do it as well as a human being and be able to engage in it? So, like, this idea of building brands with books and podcasts was something that was brand new when I came to work with you guys. I still remember we were at actually MDM in Vegas or in Dallas. And like this idea of creating a podcast. If you think about it, dude, you want to get Alex Ramosi on the phone. He said that he'll, he bills at 40 or $50,000 an hour. So if you need, and he actually was talking about Grant Cardone. Like, I can't remember the exact it, dude is crazy how much he was paying him. And then he's got like these little voucher tickets that he still doesn't like cashes in on them. Like he's like, Oh, I've only had to use two of them because he helped. He called up Grant Grant helped him figure out some, some stumbling box blocks for acquisition.com. But he's like, dude, I'm saving those for later. Like, you know, I might need them, but I don't, he's like, I use one of them for, to have him on the podcast. But the value people pen pay a significant amount of money to be involved in the mastermind. And the value that the podcast itself, because we're on the backside, we can see the analytics, but more importantly, people like Eddie Maloof, who was on here season one, right? Yeah. That they say that this is evergreen and that like, you know, they can make tens of thousands of dollars for spending an hour of the time and being a guest on a podcast, that this was a part of marketing that I didn't even really know that this segment even existed yeah. until coming to work for you guys. So like, it was something that I've always been like, amazed that this works like and not just that it works that it has done so well and it takes off and you know that people you know will they'll fly across the country to come hop on this microphone you know there's actual value and equity for the attention from it. it's always shocking yeah. to me you know but yeah i think for sure. a book to come into it i think would, would be yeah i still need to write mine dude um you're probably getting close though yeah well, I I, st I started back at chapter one like you did. Oh my gosh, dude! You know, isn't um, that such a mind fuck? Well, like such a I, I literally dude. I started back at chapter one. I didn't. I'm not redoing it, but I'm like doing it to where it's like I don't want to have to like go through the whole edit process because you said that was a pain in the ass. Well, and so it's like here I am. It was actually what. So it was a pain in the ass getting it there because I just wasn't trusting the editing process. Because so I was like, no, it's too messy even for them, right? Mm. And so finally I just trusted sending it. Literally, like the first, the, <laughs> the first three chat, like I went through and it took me six hours on chapter one, even though it was already written. I read it and then I was like, hey, I want to elaborate here, elaborate here, elaborate here. And then it's taken me another like six or seven hours on chapter two, six or seven hours on chapter three. So now I'm on chapter. So I wrote seven chapters, but I went back through and was like, I like I don't feel like that they're beefy enough. Mm. You know, you said you, yours got combed down. Like I'm like, dude, yeah. I need mine on steroids. And I like wrote my, ten I need chapters. More, I need more words. Give somehow, me the ones you got rid of. I wrote be ten chapters. Book, like, and then somehow it turned into <laughs> a smaller book, but eighteen chapters. Because that's what the editors do, bro. Yeah, they know more than we know about that. Fact, so I, I need large here's print. a good one. I need that, large like, print so that it like yeah. takes up. I more think page. that this would be a value <laughs> question for the guests. Like, what did you learn in that process? What would you do differently right in your book? Um, 
Well, I mean, this is exactly what we're talking about because like I, I mind fucked myself so much going through like, first of all, it's this weird, insecure thing. You're like, you know, even I don't care how good you get. I like not caring what people think. Right. They're always, it's just instilled in us, dude, especially with uh, societies that we grow up in nowadays. Like no matter how good you get at not worrying about the criticism of other people that you're going to find something to where you do. Mm -hmm. Right. And so like I did that with this whole book is like, I'm already thinking about what haters are going to say about it as I'm writing it. You know, I'm already thinking about like bad reviews on Amazon or That's whatever. So that thought would never and so, come to my mind ever. You know, all these areas I've gotten good at not caring about haters. It's like somehow this surfaced, right? And so I was trying to make it perfect, dude. You know, and even before I was even worried about what my editors were going to say, yeah, right? Yeah. And so I'd be like, oh my gosh, Hillary's going to think that's weird or confusing or, you know, it's not going to make sense or whatever, right? And so finally, dude, she, after a couple calls with her towards the end, she was like, just give me log into your Evernote and your rev.com and let me do what I do. And so I was like, okay. And so, and then she'd come back and we'd have a call. This is when it finally got good, dude. Cause that whole year was not good. And then the second year, it was almost two years before I finally finished it. That second year, um, towards the end of it, I was just like maybe three months is all. I was finally just like, here you go. Here you go. And then she'd come back and be like, I see what you're trying to say here, but can we word it like this or would you say it still fits if we do this or that, or did this come before that? Or did that come before that? You know? And so, and then it was almost like, I just let her do her job and like help guide me through it. You know what I mean? And it, and it came out way better than if I would have just kept muscling through it, you know? So, but, uh, but dude, I will tell you though, like, it's pretty cool, man. Like even the surprise party Kaylee threw me the other night, it's like one of the cool moments that stood out um, was, you know, I'm going around thanking everyone for being there and stuff. And Jacques gives me a big old hug who works on our sales team and has for a lot of years. And he's yeah. like, he thanked me for writing that book, man. Like I've had a good handful of people that it just, you know, I've had some people be like, I literally have had some people say, dude, yeah, it's, it was a good book, but it was really basic. Like I can tell it's really good for like a starting entrepreneur. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's what I kind of wrote it for, you know, but there's also been these people that are like, dude, like they just, it just resonated with them. They got something out of it. And like Chuck gives me this big hug and like, tell me how much it helped him just being vulnerable in those stories and then sharing those lessons. And so, you know, I don't know. I don't even know how many books I've sold. I think four or 5,000, somewhere in between four or 5,000 wow. books. And it's just cool when I get to go out and then some people have read it and they're like, Dude, you know, like Yelsey was doing a podcast with some kid uh, today. I'm scrolling through Real. TikTok and yeah, he's like, hey, did you read Kill's book? And it was like this whole blurb on some lesson they pulled out of like, you know, not prejudging yeah, your cool. leads and, and the people you do business with. And I was like, yeah, so freaking cool. So you continue to get these rewards for mm. this one piece of thing that you just put your heart into, you know, and, and it does like... It does make me, it's what got me thinking about us doing yeah. like a real business owners yeah. book because part of the magic of this whole podcast is like, yeah, we've got all these similar beliefs, but we have these different perspectives that resonate with different types of people. Yeah. And so a book kind of like Jocko and Leif Babin did on, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like, cool. They're both, they're both badasses in the military and, and in the business world as mentors. And then they have these different perspectives in the book. And I think that's like one of the things that's made it kind of a magical thing. So I'm like, it would be cool to just freaking do Dude, it. The concept of bringing in like the 11th player, so to speak. Yeah. Of like, either past guests that have been on here. I think that's a, actually a cool idea. 
Yeah, that could be cool too. Yeah, but dude, I think you should write your book though, because I would write. I would read that book, dude. What you just said, just this will be a reminder of when I have listened back to that. The idea of not prejudging—that's mm-hmm. for sure. I think that is extremely important. Like that's one of my lessons that I've learned. We all do it, dude. You I know? still do it to this day. Yeah, but, but it's I like mean, if you get hyper aware of it, you know. Yeah. You know? Do you remember when we were down in Malibu and like the late? So I have like herniated discs in my neck, right? I thought you were mm-hmm. going to talk about prejudging the um No, remember the that lady prejudged me. I'm sitting out on the... <laughs> a what? The toilet that squirts up your butt. <laughs> the bother yeah. day, which they're life I prejudged it, dude. I didn't want... I didn't they want life changing. That was my butt. first time having one, too, dude. Yeah. No, I mean, dude, we all bonded in Malibu over there. You know, I'm telling you, if there yeah. are anybody out there that can write and build an app, please build one about where where's a bidet near me. <laughs> I would literally <laughs> choose to Bidet's stay... Bidet's near you. Yeah. Yeah, the nearest bidet. Yeah, no, I was talking about the lady that prejudged me when. So with the, I've got herniated discs in my neck. So in fact, right now it's kind of giving me an issue. But I went outside of this really fancy steakhouse. Remember when we went down there and I've I've put my neck on that cold rail and just kind of had my hat hat tipped over my eyes. Yeah, I remember. Super swanky place down in Malibu, (laughs) and all of a sudden I hear Trevor's booming voice like, "Dude, that dude's not fucking homeless." Shit, that's a $3,000 camera. What are you talking about? But some lady came through and <laughs> thought that I'm a homeless man on the bench sitting out in front of some swanky. Yeah, well, you were kind of fucking tilted. Like maybe well, you tilted. had a I was wearing a f- and you were tilted. A, you were a tilted flannel. on a bench, yeah. wearing a flannel. Wearing a flannel with the yeah. beard. I mean, I can get it. But, you know, dude, if that a beanie, lady, You had a beanie on, too. I don't know, bro. I think kind I of, actually, I, I think I might have. I think you did. And I think, like, kind of the homeless, like, grunge look vibe is in in California, so it's very hard to distinguish if you're sitting on a park bench tilted. If you're bougie or yeah. if you're homeless. Yeah, like, it's is kind this of guy a... super wealthy or is he homeless? Yeah. yeah. You know, but they chose homeless. Either he doesn't really give a fuck yeah. or he doesn't yeah. really yeah. give yeah. yeah. That's funny. That is another thing I actually like about getting older, though. Yeah. Just, you just really quit caring. Yeah. You just learn where to care. Dude, yeah. I really don't. Like, like, I mean, dude, we're all kind of like, we all want to get it right. You know what I mean? But like, and that's why I quit obsessing on stuff. Book. I'm sure you've had those thoughts already as you're almost well, halfway through um, your book. Like, the, 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 the dude, thing, I've read a bunch of it. It's good. You'd need to finish um, it. The thing is, is uh, one, you know, people prop us up and like think that we're like fucking special or something because we have a podcast that does really well or businesses that do really well. Right. Um, so one, you don't want to let those type of people down. Um, when they're spending money or time or whatever, like, dude, like they could be reading a different book. You want to get, you know what I mean? You want to make sure that you're bringing value to their lives. Um, and so you kind of overly like, how can I bring the most value? How can I, and how can I reword it? How can I, you know, so it's, um, you know, I'm not necessarily worried about like a one-star review, you know, or anything like that. Like I'm, it might happen. Yeah. No, it's you cool. Know, it's what they're going like, to say on the one star review. Yeah, it's yeah. cool that you are worried about the actual star, but what's the comment below? <laughs> yeah, exactly. it's cool that you're aware of it, but fuck it, this guy. it's going to come back again. I'm going to bring up Alex uh, Ramosi again. So I know that this that's is, the third fucking time I know it on is. this podcast, but so. I want you to know this. He actually talks about that, about going through the number of books. He's like, just because of the fact you buy one doesn't need, you need to read it. He's like, yeah. dude, I buy them and skim them. Yeah, He's like, yeah. but there's only a few that I actually go through. And those that make it through that list that I read them, I will read them multiple times. Yeah. He says the best books tend to be older books that were written in different time because their motives for writing were different, that they mm-hmm. wanted to instill a lesson or this wisdom to future generations. It wasn't about getting the, you know, the likes on Instagram or even padding their bank accounts. They weren't doing it for that reason. So I respect that that's wise. You want to create value in people's lives. I'm yeah. sure that, you know, you'll do that. 
Right. Um, no doubt it'll be great, dude. And it'll, yeah. you know, you know, will serve all of, all of us for a really long time, dude. Your book will, your book will, my book will. The books we write together, it'll be really cool. Well, um, when you were telling him to write a book, you know, it it made me think about because um, that was the the out on outwitting the devil when he was talking about you know Napoleon Hill. He had a conversation with Andrew uh, Carnegie, Carnegie or whatever, and he says, "Hey, you know, I'll tell you to do something." And it's basically study success and study failure. And it's going to take you a long ass time, but study it and write a book about it. Like, yes, they could teach you a concept in school, but they don't teach you how to be successful with those concepts. Right. And so it was an individual that had, didn't, didn't go run off and have wild success in business and then become an author. He basically studied success and failure, which is basically what you were saying that you were doing. Hey, you know, I came in here and I'm going to be a student and you've had these issues inside of your own businesses Mm -hmm. that caused it not to succeed. And so you've got the lessons of all these things that you could have adjusted, tweaked or changed with inside of your own uh, businesses that you've had. And then you've became a student of business and then also seen what also works Dude, I had at a the high answer. level, which is literally the entire purpose of him becoming an author was taking both of those and putting it together mm. in a book. Yeah. Here's the crazy you know? part. I actually had, I had the answer to my shortcomings literally within the first week or two. I identified, I'm like, Oh my gosh, that's it. It was, it's by being immersed in this for so long that it's little things I don't prejudge or, you know, like, and I literally have a notebook on all of this stuff, you know, about being around people of high network that they, they really do. They view things differently. Yeah. And so going back to what we're talking about mindset, that's all mindset is how you view it. You know, you can choose to take a situation and view it as, as positive or negative, you know, um, my, the past year that like, if you would have told me, that I would come back on some of these challenges that I've had and look at them as a blessing. I wouldn't have believed you. Right. There's, there's no way, you know? And so I just think that, that, that you have to be, dude, we don't, we don't teach critical thinking anymore in our school systems. And I think that that's really, we, we teach critical race theory not I think, you know, critical thinking. Yeah. <laughs> but we need to have, we need, yeah. There's something's gotta be critical. <laughs> yeah. But I think for those people like business owners, that are successful, that is an underlying thread that sits inside of them. Yeah. Is they have like, am I the best person for this position? You can lie to yourself and keep telling yourself, yes. But like at the end of the day, like, dude, if a bank account is a scorecard, you guys were beating me. And that's honestly the way that I looked at it. I'm like, if I know my shit, then why, why am I at the bottom of the ninth with nothing up on the plate? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I haven't even made a single run on here. These guys are like, you know, not quite half my age, but like, you know, and they're killing it. And I think that that's, we've struck out enough to where we figured out how to hit a few dingers. You know, yeah. it was do shit. We just keep doing shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, but I analyze it and I overanalyze it. And then I'm like, you know what? The pile of shit is this big that you have to go climb on top of. And I don't want to do it. Yeah. Like that's why. And so I ended up putting it off before you ever end up, you know, overcomplicating things. So in that part, like I actually enjoy that now that we just kind of like, ready, fire, aim type thing. Um, I'm a 16 year old. Hey, Corey, I want to be an entrepreneur when I grow up. What's advice that you would give me? 
<laughs> you see how I made that life flag, bro? That was did I uncanny? You need to go listen to Outwitting the Devil on audio, dude. Now that you've read it. Is it like, does he talk like that? He changes his voice into the devil voice, oh. you know? Hey, Corey. I would say be, uh, in fact, actually, so that's, a, I would so he's say. Like literally interviewing him and he does the creepy. devil voice and then he does Napoleon's voice, right? And they go back and forth. Is it the same guy or is two different guys? I think it's two different guys. But, I mean, go listen to it. One that's it's doing just the entertaining, dude. Yeah. And it's like, and I think since you've read it and you've already got some cool yeah. stuff out of it, if you go back and do the audio um, as one of your rereads, I think you'll be like, holy shit. Well, I've, read, is, I've read it twice. freaking dope. But Corey said, like, um, his homie, Alex Hermosi, um, <laughs> listens to it on audio while, while he reads. he's reading yeah, it or I whatever. Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't heard yeah. of that, but like, because you, reading you and listening the, access two different parts yeah. of your brain. Yeah. yeah. So you're accessing them both simultaneously. Two senses, yeah. really, so, right? Yeah. Hearing and, and, and I have done that yeah. now. And I'm telling well, you, it's just like, yeah. like you see an Instagram clip um, nowadays where they all have the, oh, that's an the subtitles. Think of that. And you're listening while you're reading it. It's like they always do oh, stick yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mean? Dude, was, I did not or think that. That is, that is yeah. exactly the same thing that's going on. I, I follow yeah. along a lot better doing that. I really yeah. do. So. Dude, my wife and kids watch our, watch Netflix or whatever with the subtitles on drives me nuts because i sit there and i read the subtitles yeah i don't watch the movie and i'm like hell i could just go pick up the book yeah you know but when you start doing four and five hour movies which are just books replayed out with subtitles it'll just help the whole world well answer your YouTube question series. of the 16 <laughs> year old subtitles. yeah stack cash and delayed gratification mm. those are probably two of the most fundamental things that i wasn't willing to do and i think most people aren't and a delayed gratification doesn't mean just buying the truck either. It means even foregoing a salary if you have to. And I've said this a hundred times to our media department and everybody else. I'm like, the greatest value of working here is not in your paycheck. I want you guys to understand that. It's in the skill set. It's in the people who you're exposed to, the network. People pay $25,000, $30,000 to be in the room with Trevor and Kale. They're paying that money and you are getting paid to do it. It is 100% on you if you're not applying those things. Yeah. Like we couldn't want anything more than you guys to go off, grow wings and go out on your own and, and to live a glorious life, you know, but that right there to somebody that's starting out young is that everybody, and it's the shitty part about our world. It's the shitty part about the internet is I got a call last night from my sister-in-law. My nephew is in the armed forces. And in fact, the same partner who came in with me, he's trying to sell him a course for like $10,000. And I'm like, I would suggest you don't do it. You know, not that there's not value. The problem is, is because knowledge is just knowledge until it's applied. Yeah. And so I think in the pursuit of sometimes obtaining knowledge can teach you more things than just whatever they're doing. So like you can go on YouTube and you can watch a course on how to market. And I have had so many people come up to me and try to like, you know, teach me what, what to do. How do I do this? And I would take time of going in and pulling out and writing an email with links and like, okay, message me back when you finish this one. And they might get through the first one or two. And I'm literally doing the thinking for them. Okay, here's where you start. I, I started before there was even YouTube. Yeah. It's just that you have to have the desire and be willing to put in. You have to be willing to eat shit for a while. And I think that that's the biggest difference is people just aren't. And that's what I was saying about the shitty part about the world and the internet that we live in is that everybody thinks that it's this instant gratification that somehow that they're going to be entitled to making six figures in six days. Yeah. Dude, that's a good title. 
Making six figures in six, six days. figures in six days. That's better than eight minute abs, dude. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> dude, somebody will take that and they're gonna build <laughs> yeah, a course right. and they're gonna, gonna make a shit ton of money months. from that. Six figures you know? in six days. Yeah. <laughs> so but it is just it's crazy to see that that's the world that we came in. And so one of the big takeaways from five years here is the slow burn. Is just finding the thirty thousand foot summit and just doing the work and climbing yeah. to the top of it because your competitors won't. Yeah. And most people aren't willing to do that. Mm. That's a good so. point. Mm-hmm. Most people want to get rich, get rich quick. Uh, right when the first big check hits, they want to reward themselves. Right? Take your foot off the like, gas. I've done it. Literally, the only reason why we're, yeah. why, why we're able to do what we're doing in terms of starting to build the, the powerhouse that we're building in terms of, as we alluded to earlier, 80% of our staff being different. And when, I, when we say different, we mean of a lot higher caliber, like the, the payroll um, says showing so. It. <laughs> uh, yeah. And so it was delayed gratification that allowed that to happen. Like you will stunt the growth of your own business and it'll only get to a certain level. Then you're going to stay stuck at those problems and then, and stuck in the business doing the same things over and over and over like Groundhog Day unless you can buy yourself out of those problems by replacing yourself with other individuals that can deal with those problems better than you, right? And it, and, and you, one, have to delay gratification, and then secondly, kind of get rid of the ego at one point to say, right. somebody else might be able to do this better than me. Like, And sometimes we put all of our value and all of our worth that we own and run and operate a business. We're a business operator. Like there's almost more... Uh, validation in being a business operator rather than the business owner. When in reality, the idea of starting a business was so that eventually you could own a business and buy back your time and do whatever you wanted with it, whether it is starting a mastermind and then taking information and pouring into other people or whatever, starting another business or doing whatever you want to do. But the idea is, I will tell you, you're probably not good enough to operate and run the business by yourself. That's just a fact. If you're ever trying to get it to the point where it can impact your entire family and all of your employees and, you know, you in a positive way, right? Like we have to get rid of the ego and we have to have the financial capabilities of bringing in people better than us. Yeah. Right. Spot on. I think another really, really important lesson that nobody talks about in this entrepreneurial journey, okay, you get to the finish line. Is how many people take Adderall? When they get there and they just don't, like, they're unfulfilled by it. And so this and perspective true. of, like, where you guys invest in, in us yeah. and the people around you, and, like, I think that there needs to be early on, like, we talk about an exit strategy, cool, you know, easier is going to sell one day for whatever but like taking stock of a personal inventory of like, where do I want to put my life after this thing? Or like, what do I want to invest it in? Yeah. And you know, for me, it's cats. Like, you know, let's spend time with my cats, Cat but farm. cats, but um, no, like, but, but realistically is just, I think that part of it is adopting the mindset of service and to, to actually be a decent human being. Um, I think is something that's really overlooked for a lot of people. And by the time that they hit them and the same individual who came in the, the appointment with me, um, that person, I'm afraid that they're going to get to this shiny destination at the end and realize that there is no soul in it. Mm. And like, cool, you got big fat stacks of cash, but like inside, like how hollow are you? Like, are you genuinely happy person? You know, you've said that, you know, money is just a magnifier. 
So I just think in this process is that you have to just kind of figure out like who you are, what are your ideals and what do you stand for? And that's why I just tapped into service. I yeah. freaking love doing it. I love. And be willing to update it, dude. Cause you're going to go through it no matter what, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? You're going to like always reach these points. Like, dude, it's going to be really hard one day. Like when we, when we get to the finish line, you know, not easier counting, but like, I know my role's not here for the rest of my life. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, might be 70, might just be seven years from now, whether it's an exit, whether no matter what it is, but it's going to be a really weird adjustment. And it has been every time we've closed a department or yeah. switched into a new role yeah. or, you know, letting go of control of these certain things. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's going to require a lesson. There's got to be a lesson yep. in it. So when you meet yeah. these people that are really hollow, they're like, man, I sold my business and now I have nothing and I'm super unfulfilled. They probably didn't feel like that when they were building it. There yeah. was something that was like driving them to, that was fulfilling. That's why they kept doing it. But now they're like being forced to update their identity. Mm-hmm. So it's actually a really good thing when they can actually understand that and then start updating it. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. It's like a professional athlete. that's like two years in freaking blows out a ACL and everything else and just can't play anymore. And then what, what the hell? Their, their whole identity for 20 years little, yeah. has been this being a professional athlete that they're in. And, and then now they're like, oh, I have to update my identity ends up always being gift in the long run. I mean, look at Aaron Wagner, right? Like how many athletes do you know that, you know, are flying around in their private jets and have hangers full of them and, you know, all this amazing shit <laughs> going on, it's rain big old portfolios yeah. and helping other business owners invest in all that stuff. Right. But it's like, but dude, like he had to update his identity, his whole identity, his whole life was a professional athlete mm-hmm. and he got it. And then it wasn't fulfilling. It wasn't actually what he wanted to be. And so he had to update his identity. Right. And so, you know, I think that there's a big lesson in that dude. Like, you know, we're all going to be faced with that, you know? I think So they have to be, so I, I'm, I agree with everything that you said. And then at the end I'm saying, and you've got to be willing to update. Your update identity. It, I agree. I think, yeah. well, we were talking about this at lunch, you know, with Dan and, and, uh, I think that you kind of have to do that every decade. Yeah. You know, like we have to kill off the old version of us, like literally every 10 years. That's what like, there Mm -hmm. was the young party Trevor, you know, drug, you know, it went from party smoking weed Trevor to kill off, kill off that person for something even worse, which is a crackhead, you know, (laughs) and then you kill off that person. Right. And then you're a startup entrepreneur that thinks that they know everything because they make a hundred or 200 grand a year. And then in order to make a million dollars a year, you have to kill that version that thinks that they know everything at a hundred or 200. You know what I mean? There's this evolution. And every single time that you go through this, whether it's every five or 10 years or whatever, I don't have the fucking real statistic on it. It's just, we're just throwing it out there. But every single time you, in order to get to the next level, you, you, you go through a lull, like somebody that sells their business for a hundred million dollars. And they're like, okay, well now what? Well, they're rich as fuck, but they're in a lull. So now they have to, again, what Kelsey, create a new identity and turn inward. Who am I? What am I about? What are my values? How do I want to impact the world? And you know, what's my next move? You know, how do I invest into me to where eventually, whether it's 10 bucks or a hundred million dollars, I feel good about who I am when I lay my head on the pillow. And that's winning the game. Right. And that's that's winning the game Mm -hmm. is if you are actually a happy, healthy, whole mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and there's somebody worth a hundred million dollars, that's absolutely hollow. 
who's really winning, right? Dude, I'm the idea you. is to bring both of those together though, right? I'm not saying be one or the other. Why can't you be whole financially as well as mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, right? Like bring it all together. And I don't think it's a conscious thing that people are like, hey, this is a new phase in life. I need to do it. It's through like shaking things up. Yeah. yeah. When you come through and you're like, all right, I'm going to shut things down. I'm going to do this, you know? Um, so a year ago, year and a half ago, well, November was a year ago, I was diagnosed with colon cancer. And in that, in those few moments, that was, I knew like right then, okay, this is one of these times. Yeah. And like, am I going to, like, how am I going to respond to the situation? And it's so crazy to be on this side of it after surgery and wasn't able to do chemo, well, started chemo and then end up getting sent to the ER and all that shit on it. But if you would have told me the week of diagnosis or even week of surgery or whatever, Corey, I promise you in a year, you're going to look at this a year and I, you are literally going to declare that this is one of the biggest blessings you've ever been given. I'd have fucking told you to get out of the room. Yeah. You have to be willing to like sometimes take shit and try to find the gold in it. Mm-hmm. But the sad thing is I think most of the time that that's how it happens. I think that like, in these early phases of being, you know, addicted to drugs or whatever, there's there there's almost always a catalyst that is involved in the transformation, mm-hmm. and it's never this point. And what's the catalyst when you when you cash a hundred thousand dollar check or a million dollar check? Those are the unfulfilling catalysts. I've cashed a check for a hundred thousand dollars, and it was completely unfulfilling. Yeah, and then I got back to the office. My client called and he's like, holy shit, man, you saved that in the 11th hour and like you're the man. And I received, I received more gratification out of that phone call than depositing the money. Yeah. And I learned in that moment, and I know you hate it when I say this, but that I'm not motivated by money. (laughs) And I keep saying I'd love big fat stacks of it too, but I've learned how to flip that. Yeah. And that's that I'm motivated by service. And guess what? If I serve you guys and if I serve this company, and I do a really good job of that, the money's going to follow. Yeah. I know it. So, um, I, th- I think one of the only ways to, everybody will face their storms and, and, and have to identify that they're the villain and something has to change within them for their situation to change. But I think one of the ways to minimize the storms is through, constant self-evaluation and Mm self-improvement. What happens is we get on these journeys of self-improvement and we're really committed to it and things are going good. And then we stop doing all the things that we were doing to get you there. Things were good because now we feel good. And then we start sliding back down and then we hit Mm -hmm. a lull again. And then all of a sudden, man, I'm just really in a lull and I'm in this storm. And then what do we do? We analyze self and start being like, Hmm, what was I doing when I felt the best? And then we start doing those things again and we create these, these peaks and valleys for ourselves, not saying that if you're doing all the right things that you're not going to deal with a storm or, or hit a valley. I mean, it just is what it is. But at least at that point, you're probably a little bit more mentally and emotionally prepared for that valley than if you weren't doing the work, right? Um, but the storm is not there to destroy you. It's actually there to take out the old version of you so that you could rebuild. It's taking you back down to a foundation so that you can remodel things and make things how you want it for where you're at at this point in your life. It's not meant to wash you away so that you're just done, done, done. 
right? It's to change your perspective, just like the storm that you had last year. It ended up being a blessing so that you can rebuild with a new perspective and be the version that you are today that can have the ability to serve people at the level that you want to serve people. Yeah, what I learned from that is that my time here is finite. We all go around thinking that we all know it, like, hey, someday our, our ticket's going to be called and we're cashed out, right? We all know this. But when you're really looking at that and you really understand that, dude, I really do have an expiration date on me. This is, mm-hmm. and you, it's coming, it looks like right now it could be coming really quick. All of these dreams and all these things that I wanted to do my whole life. Yeah. Is that even at 51, I'm like, oh shit, if I live to the statistical average of 76 years old. But now when it's being accelerated at that rate that I'm giving, I have to literally be given choices of where I put my time now. Yeah. And like from that, dude, I consciously choose to spend time with my family. Um, obviously, I do that being here is a choice, guys. Like, and I, I feel bad for people. I have I've spent time behind a shovel in ditches, hating every minute of it. I've I know what physical labor is like, calluses and working out 115 degrees and screeding concrete. I feel bad for people who hate their jobs, right? And that have well, to go through the drudgery of it. That's the only reason I say quit quit saying that you know you're not motivated by money because you need to have some money motivation bro because i also you know people that are like super service oriented like you but then they're not motivated by money one can get taken advantage easier right and get walked on and that's easier. <laughs> that has happened a lot and yeah. that's why i'm and with you too like you know, you, know you have this cancer scare bro and it's like puts your how finite your life is in perspective and it's like but i also know how bad you want to make sure your family's okay when you're not here you know, and so like all those things, like I actually think it's really cool. You're not motivated by money, dude. I really do. I think that's awesome because it's not like you won't go take advantage to get it right, but you also need to make sure that like you are able to tap into that motivation to have it because of how important it is for those things for you as well. Your family yeah, being taken I, care of, not being taken advantage of, what about and being cats? able to serve at the level that you want to serve. Like, dude, who's going to build best friends too for cats yeah. if yeah. you don't do it, dude? Like, who's going to rescue <laughs> well, dude, all the cats after you're gone? <laughs> it's a long one, dude. I missed my 4 o'clock call. You did? <laughs> 417. I'll call. I'll call. Well, guys, if you want to join the Real Business Owners Mastermind, you met the guy that you're going to have to speak to. And you He's better one that really approves you. Yeah, you better be good with God because he says a prayer right before. That's the truth to do. Right before any of the applications, uh, any of the calls for the applications, because we obviously want to have the right people in the room. You you heard him talking about service. The idea is for him to put the right people around the right people, the people that are of service, so that they could be there to serve and be served. Right, because if you put enough people there that are of service, by default, you're just going to be served, right? And I'd like to take credit, but it's not. Like I think it's just this is a collective, and honestly, dude, it's like it sounds so cheap, dude. It's weird how much resistance I have against religion. So it's even weird I say like serving God's will, but like I really believe that if it's God's will that this is going to happen, we're tools in this. Did you you ask any member in our mastermind? I'm talking about the OGs because we haven't got to know the inner circle as well personally yet, but any person in the OG group, they'll tell you the value is in the group. Yeah. hundred percent. You can, neither one of you guys hesitated in that, that there's a magic that exists inside of there. Yeah. And that's what I want to make sure that we can build when we do this scale is that the right people come in at the right time who can help each other, who will get behind what we're doing. We can help build better communities. We can build better, better businesses 
better futures for families. Like I really believe in what we're doing. So it's easy to go to work every day. Yeah. yeah. You know, for sure. Well, should we, should we give Wrap them some, someone uh, to reach out to for Corey? Um, yeah, call Kayla. 10 cats is his, <laughs> his Instagram. 10 cats and it's actually it, just Corey chickens? McNeil yeah. At, yeah. on Instagram. So C-O-R-E-Y. Yeah, we'll put it in the show notes. Corey McNeil, though, uh, has been a, uh, the glue for real business owners, even when me and Keller are having our spats um, and having our issues. You know, he's kind of the guy putting, <laughs> it, putting, putting us back together. You know, when you're in business a long time, we'll, ha- we'll have disagreements and shit, you know. Um, and he's always been there with the, with the mindset and the heart of wanting what's best, I think, for both of us, for oh, the yeah, business, for, sure. for the members, for, for everybody. And so we're forever grateful for that. Um, and just who you are as an individual, you've definitely brought a lot of love and light into our office, into our lives. And so, um, appreciate that a lot. you know, this, this individual has impacted us probably more so or equally than we've impacted Anybody. him. He talks yeah. about us, you know, the first half of the podcast, but yeah. you know, we could do an entire podcast, uh, without him here about him and, and some of the things that he's done for us just being the individual that he is. And so it's got a um, lot of wisdom. Yeah. A lot That's of wisdom. He's the wizard yeah. around here. Um, so yeah, I mean, if you have questions for, for the wizard, you know, and you want to just give him all of your life's problems and struggles, like people naturally want to do, you can reach out to him at Corey McNeil <laughs> on yeah. Instagram. Yeah. Or real yeah. business owners. Yeah. Or real business or, owners. Or, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Corey, Corey's running, you know, the real business owner's Instagram. So you guys will see him, you know, um, hopefully yeah. more and more over this next year. I told him to kind of show behind the scenes and, you know, who he is and this, that, you know, the other. So everybody in the yeah. OGs already know who he is. The inner circle knows who he is. But well, if you message real business owners and you say, hey, Kel, like, you know, Corey or Trev or, or if I just see it or we're going to be the ones to answer it. Hey, Trev, he's going to yeah. jump in and answer it. If mm. you say, hey, Corey, he'll jump in there and answer it. He's, he's, he's in there too. Yeah. So, so <laughs> guys, make sure that uh, you're still rating and reviewing these these podcasts and these episodes. It definitely helps us in terms of ranking, things like that. Corey's fingers are up. Yeah, I want to hop on one thing. Yeah. And we're going to kind of switch up the format just a little bit too. If you guys will, if you have a question, we will answer it. You just need to leave a comment on YouTube. That's we're not like do it on the, on this episode moving forward. So we're going to start doing like stuff on our reels and our live that we'll be able to do a shout out for somebody on YouTube. That's going to be like user. So-and-so you asked this specific question. So I want to encourage you guys, if you guys do that, um, you guys want to get a question answered by the big dogs and leave a comment on YouTube. Sweet. There you go. There you have it. Um, We probably should have said that in the very beginning. Yeah. Because, like, as we're saying, rate and review, you know, people turn off this shit. I know. know? (laughs) Like, they're not listening anywhere. Now it's just us. Yeah. You know. Back to my workout. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Rate, review, hire, use your accounting. Have a good day. (laughs) See you next week, guys. Peace. Peace.